Hey, hey, you sexy TV junkies. This is Tongue from Televised Uncensored, brought to you by BroCoolNation.com, and you're listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is Mike at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Uh, thank you to Tung Law from Televised Uncensored for his little uh, blurb there. Um, it's a really good podcast if you guys want to check it out. It's from BroCoolNation.com. They do an episode each week that's about a certain season of a TV show, and they break down the season, and then they decide which episode is the best. It's really in-depth and really good. And they actually read <laughs> they read an email I sent them on their How I Met Your Mother Season 4 episode. So that was fun. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. So how are you guys doing? Good. We are in an off week from the summer of Sandler. Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah, doing good. Doing good. Yeah. And if our listeners listened to our summer of Sandler episode, I apologize for the audio problems. That ugh, such a pain in the ass. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can diagnose that problem and fix it. But I don't know. And if you haven't listened to it, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. You might think you're a little crazy. Don't go to the doctor. Don't send us the bills. <laughs> um. So yeah, do, should I should I tell the story? Because it's pretty funny. Sure. Tell your story. Okay. Something happened to you. Something happened to us last night. Yeah. Me and Tiny went to my girlfriend's play in downtown Indianapolis. It's uh. By the way, it's called Six Characters uh, Searching for a Fringe. Um. So it's part of the Indie Fringe Fest and. If you're listening to this before this weekend of it come that it, uh, that this episode is released, is check it out. It's really really funny. It's got a lot of meta humor. That's like it's still accessible to people that are unfamiliar with fringe theater culture and stuff. It's it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so there so you, you call it her play. Did she write it or is she just in it? She's she's a performer in it. It was written by um, written directed in features. Uh, 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 I, he's like, yeah, I think he's like the theater director of a local high school here. Um, okay. it's, it's really good. It's a bunch of, bunch of characters who each have their own fringe play that they're kind of promoting it and they're, they're talking about it and stuff in, within the play, if that makes sense. Sure. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> it includes the line back, back alley hand jobs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really funny. You guys should definitely back check alley it out. hand jobs for crack. Yes. Back alley hand jobs for crack. <laughs> so anyway, like, so this high school drama teacher wrote something about oh, it's, back, backdoor hand jobs. It's very, it's very, uh, very adult oriented humor. It's and it's fantastic. Okay. So anyway, something <laughs> funny happened before the play. So basically, I'm just going to read this from this long Facebook post that I posted about it on my per private Facebook page. Uh, so the play started at 10:30. Me and Tiny went to a friend's party early in the evening before meeting Kirsten, my girlfriend, for dinner before the show. By the time we were done uh, at dinner, it was 10 p.m. and Kirsten went into the theater. I was frustrated because I really wanted to buy her flowers for after the show, uh, but I hadn't had time to do it. <laughs> so fortunately, we had 20 minutes to kill before we were allowed in the theater at 10.20. At 10.30, the doors would be closed and absolutely no late entries were allowed. So we went to my car and I drove us down Mass Ave, which if you're familiar with Indianapolis, it's kind of this... 
this district of downtown that's all like cultured and whatever. But it's it's this long strip of street. Uh, and we were looking for a place to get some last minute flowers. I couldn't find anywhere anywhere, but we passed by the toy store and I figured I'd get her something from there instead. So I hopped out of the car, Tiny took over driving, and then uh I went to the toy store. Unfortunately, the damn place was closed, so I walked back to where Tiny dropped me off, and by now it's like ten fifteen. There's five minutes before we can start going into the theater and fifteen minutes before we're missing the play completely. And we're on the opposite end of Mass Ave on a pretty crowded Saturday night. Uh, that's when I notice a marsh, like, right next door. So I walk around, enter the store at 1016, buy some flowers, walk back out. I find Tiny at 1020, again, 10 minutes before we are losing, we're not gonna be able to see the play. Uh, and he's going the opposite direction from the theater on Mass Ave. <laughs> and there's cars, like, all around him. So I get in the car, we drive, he drives around to one of the streets that's parallel to Mass Ave, and we're driving, and it's just, it's really nerve-wracking. So finally, and this is where it gets, like, crazy. Uh, finally, we're back on Mass Ave in traffic at 1022, and I'm panicking a little bit because there's a car waiting to turn into a spot, and we're like two blocks from the theater at a complete standstill. Uh, so I decide to get out and walk because maybe that'll be faster. So I get out and walk behind the slowest couple in Indianapolis <laughs> for half a block and then just start running when I get to the block that the theater's on. <laughs> And uh, then around that time is when I look to my left and I see Tiny passing by me <laughs> with a clear street in front of him and heading off to park the car. So I continue running down Mass Ave, being super nervous I'm going to miss her play and knowing full well how awkward and ridiculous I look. So around 1026, I'm like 500, 500 to 800 feet away from the door and I see that it's still open. So I'm so I calm down, walk at a brisk pace while Tiny turns a corner, uh, turns a corner after parking the car. He's holding the flowers and I'm holding my side so I don't die. <laughs> and so we, so we get to the theater and the woman taking the ticket sees Tiny hand me the flowers and the following exchange takes place. She says, Oh, is it a special occasion? Me panting, holding the flowers. You know what? Uh, um, no, just for, for the play. Uh, and then she says about Tiny, I guess he doesn't need a reason to show he loves you. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I was too focused on how sweaty and gross I was to actually correct her. We get our, we get in our seats with a few minutes to spare and we actually see the play. It's, it's great and all that. We actually made it. Um, then after the play, the lady saw me, gave Kirsten the flowers and, uh, she came up and apologized for mistaking me and Tiny for a couple. And I just kind of laughed and I told her, it's okay. He could only be so lucky or something stupid like that, but <laughs> he should be so lucky. He should be so lucky. Is that what I said? Yeah. 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 So That's that was cute. my adventure. It was, I was really nervous because I don't know if you guys know this about me, but if, uh, if something is going on that is in danger of, um, in danger of being like me miss missing something or I get really in my head and I get really uh uh weird about it. You could have just said I get really in my head and oh, yeah. like at all times oh, yeah. for just about any yeah. reason. For everything. Yeah. Even when I was telling that story, I was like, Am I gonna cut this out? <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, so that was my adventure last night. It's a good play. Yeah. Oh, it was very good. I, I really it. enjoyed it. Good. And I was kind of nervous because, like, uh, obviously, I'm, uh, my job is to like it regardless. 
<laughs> so I was kind of nervous because it, it was I knew it was about your like, job is to say you like it exactly, and I'm not a good liar. So I was kind of nervous, and I was like, because it's about like fringe theater, and I was like, I wonder if some of the humor is going to go over my head, or if I'm not going to get it. But it's it's very accessible, and it's very it's very hilarious. So yeah, cool, yeah. cool. <sighs> so our episode today is uh, TV guest spots. Huh, it says guest spots, not guest stars. That's weird. <laughs> God, we had a whole thing. We did. Yeah, we spoke for a little while before recording this episode about what makes a guest spot. Yeah. I just not noticed that it said guest spots. We were trying to differentiate between guest star, guest starring roles, and if it's like a guest star because the guy's famous or if it's just guest. Uh, it was a mess. We have a 30-minute recording of us arguing semantics over the topic of our episode this week. <laughs> so It'll be a bonus feature on the DVD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we've compiled a list that we're going to go through and talk about for our, fa- uh, our favorite guest spots. This isn't a definitive list or anything. This is basically us in the, in the, uh, the twilight of our, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm, dude, it's, I'm out of. I just read a whole thing in this in this very hot room. I'm sweating like I just ran down Mass Ave. Um, <laughs> it's a off the top of our heads list. There you go. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of easing into an episode after after doing the the Sandler episode. Um, yeah, it's feels like we've been doing a whole summer of like summer of sandler and then a little something else. Summer, so it feels kind of weird. We've got one summer of sandler left, and we're gonna have to. Uh, go back into some sort of regular routine. Yeah, and it kind of feels like we've been working kind of hard on this, on on these, the, some of these episodes this summer, especially Summer Sandler, because like, I mean, like we did an extended potpourri, and I kind of had to, if I remember correctly, I had to kind of dig deep for something to talk about potpourri that wasn't Sandler related. Yeah. Because um, I've been trying to just watch a lot of Sandler movies. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. It's a rough life. Yep, yeah, it's a rough life of podcasters, but we're here with the TV guest spots. So, um, how should we intro this, guys? Should we just jump into it, or do you want to talk a little bit more about what uh, what makes a guest spot and what differentiates differentiates it from a cameo or a recurring recurring role? Let's do that. Why don't okay. you take a shot? Okay, so basically, there are different levels of guest stars on television basically you have the main cast which is the the main build cast the starring jerry jerry seinfeld uh julia louis dreyfus the other guys um (laughs) and then you have guest stars which are guest starring you know guest stars um then you have like special guest stars and then that we're not going to differentiate between that but you have recurring characters that are characters that are written for the show that come in as guest stars but for they are recurring throughout the series. So we're talking about kind of the one-off one-off characters that made an appearance in a TV show uh for two or three episodes, mostly consecutively, but weren't recurring or anything like that and weren't cameos. So they have to have like a they had to have a full day on set is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um so we've got a pretty long list here actually. Um Yeah, and and they're also by the way for the most part actors and actresses you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like notice, not, notable actors from either from other shows or from movies or from anywhere. Right. 
So should we just jump right into it? Yeah. Do it. Give us one. All right. The first one is the first of six that I listed for the show Friends. Um, do you just want to bunch those together? Do one by one? Yeah, we can kind of just say Friends. The first one you have okay. listed is Brad Pitt. Yes, that's uh, that's one I kind of thought of when I when I posited this. Uh, this was the first one that I wrote down because it's such a memorable episode. It's the one with the rumor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from season seven, eight. Yeah, See, I believe it's season eight. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, it's season eight, and uh, Brad Pitt is an old friend of um, Ross's from high school, and they were in the I Hate Rachel Club. Uh, <laughs> but hilarity happens when. Brad Pitt's character finds out that Ross uh, and Rachel are having a child together, and so there's weirdness. The funny part about it, and kind of the sad part, I guess, in the end, retroactively, is uh, that Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were married at the time. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of puts a negative ring on it, but yeah, to me, it kind of feels a little too meta, or just like. I don't know. Like, I think so much of the jokes hinge on the fact that they're married. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, they're married, but he hates her. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just, to me, I don't. Sure. Just the premise. I just, I'm just like, that's a bit lazy. Yeah. But it was still funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, just from, from, uh, Rachel, like saying, like saying, like, look at the way he's staring at me. And he's just giving her just the dirtiest look. And he's, she's like, she thinks that he's flirting with her. Yeah. I just, I, I liked it a lot. Kind of their dynamic was really good. Um, plus the whole kind of running gag that he never really grew up from high school and he still resents her and all that. It's, <laughs> it, I, I got a huge kick out of it. The I hate Rachel club was good. Um, you know, I never thought about it the way that you just put it tiny, but, uh, I guess I, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you. I think for me, it works though. For me, it's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I see that it's kind of, kind of gimmicky. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they're the, they were the most popular couple in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. They could, they had to address it, but at the same time it was like, you know, Hey, we, we should have Brad Pitt come on at some point. Right. You know, cause we could just have, I don't know, do something real simple. Yeah, and it makes me appreciate that they never they haven't brought in Anna Ferris to Parks and Rec for Andy. Yeah. Um but they have brought in uh Megan Mullally. That's true, but she works a lot. She she's does. she's really good in it. Yeah. Um and they also brought in Will Will Arnett. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about that later actually. Yeah. It's on the list, yep. but yeah. Um so yeah, it, I mean, it's a standout episode for me personally. It's a, one of their Thanksgiving episodes. Uh, which is always which were always great. Yeah. Oh, they were always great. Um, yeah. Anything more we can talk about, Ben uh, Brad Pitt, or should we move on? Let's stay on Friends. Yeah, oh, yeah. But move on to uh, another favorite of mine, Bruce, the Bruce Willis episodes. <laughs> yeah. As uh, as Ross's girlfriend's dad. Yep. Yeah. So so great. Yes. Um, yeah. What's his? Is his last name Hornswoggle? No, no, that was uh that was the one with all the resolutions where um Chandler makes the Chandler makes a resolution not to make fun of people and then Ross right. makes a resolution. Elizabeth of, Hornswoggle. No, that that wasn't the same character though cuz he was like he's cuz Chandler uh I think Ross was cuz Chandler's thing was not make fun of your friends and then um Ross was going out on a date with the girl that he had the leather pants with. It's like, yeah, gotcha. she, her name's Hornswoggle. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but 
but they are both so, named Elizabeth, correct? Yeah. I I can't remember the first name of the one from the Resolutions one, but yeah, uh, the one in in the Bruce Willis episodes was Elizabeth. Can't remember the last name, but she's played by um, something Holden, Alexandra yeah. Holden. Hornswoggle was definitely Elizabeth, but they are not okay. the same character. You're right, right. right. Hey guys, sorry to cut in real quick, but. Just warning you that we have that clipping issue, that chopping issue come up here again. We fixed it after a certain amount of time, but it does come back. So I'm so, I apologize, and we're working on fixing it. So just wanted to warn you. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, is I think it's rumored, or I don't know if it's confirmed, that uh, Bruce Willis was on this show because because he and. Uh, he and Matthew Perry had made some kind of bet about <laughs> the whole nine yards. Yeah, on the whole nine yards. Was, was, it right. about, was it about how it would premiere or something like that? Something like that, yeah. I can't remember what, exactly what it was, but it was something about like if it premiered at number one for the first week, um, Matthew Perry said it would, Bruce Willis said it wouldn't, and he, and I think it did premiere at number one or something like that. I don't know, but yeah. it was more successful than they thought it was going to be. So mm-hmm. That's why he was on the show. Fun fact. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Not wearing an obvious hairpiece, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, whatever. But he's Bruce Willis. He can get away with it. He is. He can do whatever he wants. That's right. Um, just his whole, the running thing of him being, him not being able to open up and then Rachel making him open up and he's just, like, he starts crying. It's so, so great. Just the way it was. And he's like, they called me chicken boy. And then, uh, Rachel's really hungry cause he's been talking for hours and she's like, how about chicken? He's like, chicken, <laughs> chicken boy. <laughs> but yeah, just, I like that kind of broad humor really played well in that episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, next up on the on the list for Friends episodes, Tiny, do you want to bring this one up? Eric Barwin. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin on Friends. Yeah, I think it was. I want to say it was like season nine. Yeah. Okay. Tiny doesn't know, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It was like it's the one in Mesopiqua mm-hmm. where Alec Baldwin is dating Phoebe. And he's very energetic, very positive and everything. And it's so, he plays it so well. Just the high energy of it is just so hilarious to me. Um, he just makes a big deal out of everything. Even when Phoebe breaks up with him, he, he, like, he opens the door and he's like, isn't this the most incredible breakup you've ever had? <laughs> it's so funny. So funny to me. You know, the part is funny, but I've never been a huge Alec Baldwin fan, so so nothing about him being on the show excited me. Yeah, I can take or leave him, really, honestly. Yeah. As an actor. I like him. I mean, I, th- I love him on 30 Rock. Right. Um, especially given that he's so politically left, but the character <laughs> he plays is, so, like, super conservative. Right. Mm-hmm. funny. And then, I don't know, I think he's great in stuff like... He he's the best Jack Ryan in my opinion because we've had three of them now or four. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, however many. I like in The Hunt for Red October. Love mm-hmm. him in that. Um, some of his other Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, good stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's okay. No, he's really good. He's a good actor. I don't remember him in Friends. I don't remember this episode really. Really? I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I guess it was one of the later episodes. It was. Um... It's a one-off. Yeah, and it's very sitcommy. Mm-hmm. They're going to Ross and Ross and Monica's parents' like fiftieth anniversary dinner in okay. Mesa Piqua. 
And uh, the whole the B story is that <laughs> Monica wants to make her make her parents cry with her toast, which Ross always does. Okay, I remember that. And she's like, you, "You'd call that the B story?" I th- well, oh no, that would probably. Well, I, I'm kind of torn on it. I, w- I would guess since they go out there, that's the A story. Yeah, that probably would. But I think I'm just mess. Well, yeah, yeah, that'd be the A story. I'm, I'm for, just for our purposes, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. A for yeah. Alec story. For some, <laughs> for some reason, I just thought that Alec Baldwin's whole thing would be the A story because it's so prominent in it. Yeah. But but yeah, the A story is uh, Monica trying to make her parents cry, and she, she does such a horrible job doing the toast. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, she passes around a picture of their dead dog. It's a disaster. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's a really good episode. It's a good guest star. I'm I'm he appeared in like kind of a cameo in 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 the end of the previous episodes where she where Phoebe meets him after uh, which that's a good episode in in and of itself because he she's she's convinced that this guy that she sees around all the places is a uh, is like the one for her because they they keep seeing each other and all that. But then they have a disastrous date where she, where he's like I wrote a novel uh, wow. I write erotic novels for children, and uh, and then he says, "I also have a PhD." And she's like, "Oh, really?" And he's like, "Yep, a pretty huge." And then they cut her off, cut him yeah. off. But yeah, and then he she meets her, she meets him in a laundromat or whatever, and he's like, "Like that's kind of the introduction of his character." So, so now that I think about it, it might actually be season eight, season seven or eight. Um, yeah. What were you saying? Nine. I was thinking it was but, nine, but by nine we already got Mike, Paul right. Rudd, Mike, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so, so it's probably seven or eight. Hashtag the seventh friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So should we move on to the next one? Let's yeah. do it. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and bring this one up uh, again on Friends. We're we're digging deep into this in this series. I mean, it had a lot of really good guest stars, though. It was on the air for like 200-some episodes. Exactly. Yeah, 10 years. it did. Oh, yeah. And it even it got to a point in the series where it was like the weekly guest star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So this next one is from season one. I believe it was season one. Uh, ben Stiller. Um, <laughs> he played a very angry guy that uh, Ross, he would only be angry around Ross, <laughs> and no one else would believe him. <laughs> And it was just it was it's great because he's again similar with uh, with Bruce Willis. Ben Stiller plays up this, uh, or Bruce Willis and Alec Baldwin actually. Ben Stiller plays up this high energy kind of thing, where he just like he just freaks out over the most minuscule things, and it's really funny. Um, Doesn't he go off on a hostess at some point? Or am I thinking of something else? You might be thinking of something else. He, the first one is he's they're at Joey's play, and then. There's, <laughs> there's someone's in their seats, and then the guy's very friendly, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry about that." And then Ben Sturges is like, "You idiot! Of course it's oh the usher, oh the oh they must know where they're going because they have so much training to go through." It's like, no, are you? Did you not think that it was weird that you were around by even numbers, idiot? So yeah, but it was funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then also the coffee one. Like, uh, uh, oh, that was a such a, that was a really good episode. I'm 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 blabbering, but um, do you think it's time for a Friends rewatch? I think so. I really do think so. Um, 
but it's just because there there was that part where where Ross almost almost bumps into him and he has coffee and he freaks out and he's like, "Oh yeah, is, is that hot coffee? You were about to spill hot coffee on me or whatever." And then uh, and then later he tries to replicate it so that the guys so that everyone can notice it. Um, yeah. But he's he's just like oh it's okay don't worry about it it's, <laughs> it's just so stupid the way that it plays out is so so good it, it's funny so yeah uh, what did you guys think of Ben Stiller on Friends awesome. it was good hilarious yeah. all the all the things you said nice. always funny yes. he's kind of like I don't know I, I'm surprised he doesn't do more TV me too. Because he has a lot of friends on TV. I know yeah. he's in a rest. <laughs> hey, pun, because that's the name of the show. Right. Hey. Um, who's in Arrested Development? That's right. Yeah, Tony that. Wonder. Tony Wonder, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Add it to the list. <laughs> Just we'll come back to him. We'll come back to him. <laughs> Part two. Part two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, Mike, do you want to intro the next one? Sure. Uh, the next one is uh, when I, I brought this one up and Tiny said I think it was one of the best ones. Danny DeVito played a male stripper <laughs> on Friends. Yeah. Uh, I guess this would have to be season 10 yeah, because it's for Phoebe's bachelorette party <laughs> and uh, he comes in as a as a sad male stripper. Mm. And I, and uh, the this was notable for me because it was the first time I realized how incredibly short he was. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like like borderline little person, absolutely. Short. Yeah, he's like right on the border. I think. Yeah, because yeah. in movies, I guess they always, you know, they paired him with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but Arnold is so huge that I thought it just kind of dwarfed him. And right, um, you know, he was the Penguin and Batman, so he kind of just walks like a short person. But I've never realized, man, oh man, is a short dude. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. And he played the uh, the physical comedy in that episode so well when he actually does the strip for for Phoebe, it it was just I don't know. It's funny because you can see Lisa Kudrow breaking breaking character <laughs> yeah. and laughing. It's so funny. Except when he when he like tickles the bottom of her chin. That grosses me out. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm getting the bad chills thinking about that right now. <laughs> I think it's supposed to gross you out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the uh, um, the gag reel for that part is really funny because oh, yeah. like they can barely get through a scene, they can barely get through a few seconds without one of them breaking. It's really funny. It's golden. It's really great. Um, yeah, uh, tiny next one. Sure, we're running through these pretty quick. We are going <laughs> through these pretty quick. Uh, the next one is just an absolute pillar of acting. In, in, in the late 90s. Uh, uh, Freddie Prinze Jr. on Friends again. Playing Skidandy. Skidandy. Yeah. Emphasis on pill. I think he's not that great of an actor. Yeah. Oh, he's all right. And, you know, he was good in the teen slasher movies he was in. Yeah. yeah. Was he, though? I liked him in I Know What You Did Last Summer. I don't and know. I applauded his run in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Seriously, the whole theater erupted in applause when he came back at the end and saved the day. Really? It was a really surreal thing in retrospect. But I was. Did you see that movie in theaters? <laughs> oh Mike! Oh yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. How, what were we in? Like sixth grade? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Probably. Uh, no, we were probably in eighth. 
You're too young. Oh, I know. My mom let me see a lot of movies in the theater that I didn't need to see. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen Deep Throat? I, <laughs> as a toddler, man, that was weird. I, I still Joke. know what Joking. you did last summer. You saw in theaters. Yep. We were in sixth grade. Really? Really. I still know what you did last summer. Cause I still know. We were in sixth grade when Scream came out on 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 home video. And then sure. Scream... T- and then it, I Know What You Did Last Summer was post-Scream. Mm-hmm. It had to have been like a year or two after. And then a year or two after that would have been 99. That would have been 7th or 8th grade. Uh, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer came out November 1998. We were in 6th oh. grade. Yeah. Holy... Oh, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, we were... Okay, I'm, I've got it wrong. We weren't in 6th grade when Scream came out. No, we were in That's right. we were third in or fourth. Fourth or fifth, I think. Yeah, yeah. we'll say fourth. Anyway, come back <laughs> to this for Sharktober. Yeah, <laughs> we are, we're getting a little too excited. Yeah, but no, the whole theater applauded. But anyway, so and I think that's the only time you can really say that about Freddie Prince Jr. But he was in Friends as the male nanny, the manny, uh, and he was really good. Uh, he played kind of a very sensitive guy. And Ross, it's you know the episode itself is kind of strange because, and they make mention of it in the episode, but Ross is not really a manly man, but he has such a problem with with Skidandy. Yeah, and it kind of seems like something that they worked worked into the script just because to generate the conflict of the episode because it really doesn't make sense for Ross to. No, be all it doesn't at all, and it's frustrating. Yeah. He's he's so perfect for the job. It's almost like they're like, well, we know we can only get him for an episode, so we got to get him on and get him off. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's married to Sarah Michelle Geller. Are they still yes, married? He is. Still married. Well, go for them. And now he works for Good WWE. For Does he really? Is he like an announcer or a performer? <laughs> no, no, behind the scenes. Oh, he's okay. a. I think he's a director. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Yeah. Sure. Got to pay the bills somehow. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. He did a he did a run on he actually did a run in the last season of um twenty four, which the only reason I bring up is because he like he did uh he did an interview kind of an expose interview or whatever where he talked about how much of a dick uh Kiefer Sutherland was I guess yeah I saw that um I'll find the link and I'll put it in the show notes but I thought it was kind of interesting because kind of really backfired on him. <laughs> Wait, did it? Yeah, because like Kiefer Sutherland came out and he was like, "I don't know what he's talking about. I always liked the guy a lot, or something like that." Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I, huh. I don't know what he's talking about. We we never had any problems on set that I knew of. And wow. Like, yeah, and like then everybody Skid dandy. <laughs> I just thought it'd be. I I did think it was kind of strange that he would say that because I mean that's the ninth season of a show or eighth season of the show, right? And I mean it's like Kiefer Sutherland, like it saved his career or made him relevant. Yeah. Um. So you know, of course, he would treat it with respect. Yeah, I think he said part. Of, I remember Freddie Prince Jr. saying part of it was that like Kiefer Sutherland refused to do any scenes with him where like he wasn't standing on a box because I guess Kiefer Sutherland's like five six or seven. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Prince and he Jr. could never wear shoes. Right. Huh. Yeah. That's right. He yeah. had his shoes off all the time. Yeah. Wow. So. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. It's well, who cares. I don't know. Yeah. Who cares? It's <laughs> twenty four. Um. It's Freddie Prince Jr. It is. So yeah, Skid Andy, good run uh, on that one episode. Um, very memorable, even though the episode didn't really make much logical sense for the characters. 
but I loved the the kind of subplot of of um not subplot but the kind of the runner the running joke of um Joey <laughs> Joey and Andy like bonding and how he was kind of yeah. like and you kind of get the sense Joey that, learning yeah and you got, you got the sense that that Freddie Prince Jr.'s character is kind of a skis ball because he's charging he charges Joey money for the sessions <laughs> um so yeah you kind of get that sense that he's taking advantage of of him but it's it's funny it's a it's a good episode yeah the one with the male nanny so we should probably wrap the friends up. Yeah, we should. But I, I, I'll just go through the list of ones we didn't mention. John Stamos on Friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sean Penn on Friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shields, Dakota Fanning, Dick Clark, George Clooney, and Noah Wiley. Wow. Huh. Uh, Christina Applegate was one of Rachel's sisters. Julia Roberts was on Friends. Jennifer Coolidge was on Friends. Jason Alexander was on Friends. Winona Ryder. Paul Rudd, which we've mentioned briefly. He was more of a... He was the seventh friend. Yeah, he was. Um, Yeah, so there's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. Um, Gary Oldman, Gabrielle Union, Fred Willard, Elle McPherson. Jeez. I can't remember Fred Willard on Friends. He was uh, the zoo administrator. That's right. Early friends. The one after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hank Azaria. Yeah. Um, Helen Hunt. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, in this next one, we actually have one more that we're going to talk about. We're going to put it together with two other shows that he was in. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Should we move on to talk about him? Yeah. Now, Mike, you've seen Portlandia. I've never watched it. And I have. I love Portlandia. He's shown up a couple times. One, he was uh, the owner of a knot store. And then the other one, he <laughs> was uh, was in a doily store. A doily store? <laughs> and just basically doing his Jeff Goldblum thing, trying to sell... Uh, uh, Fred and Carrie, the knots or um, doilies. <laughs> huh. I don't know. It's hard to explain, as is most, as are most Portlandia episodes, unless you see them, because right. they're just so absurd. But um, I, I recommend for sure. Nice. I've always meant to check it out. Yeah, um, you got to. I haven't gotten around to it. But the other show, another show that he was in was he did a guest spot on The League. Um, where he played who? Who's he played? Someone's father. Yeah, it was. Um, I I haven't seen the league in like two years, so I, I don't even remember the characters that well. I but, can't remember the guys, the actress name either. Yeah, he played a character's dad, and he the character was dating Sarah Silverman. I think. No, the no. guy because what's the I should have watched the Jewish guy with the glasses who's <laughs> who's the character Ruxin. Ruxin, Nick Kroll? Nick Kroll, there we go. Yeah, that's right, yes. He was he was Nick Kroll's dad. That's right, and he kind of crashed on his couch and stuff. Yeah. Okay. But I can't remember who it was that was dating Sarah Silverman. It was one of the other characters. Yeah, it was one of the other guys, but he had, was it a Thanksgiving dinner there, kind of Yeah, thing? there was like a Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, and it was, uh, you know, the league, I'm not... I'm kind of back and forth with about the league, because it's, it's like a highly Im- improvised show, and it kind of seems like anymore that they get... In at least all the episodes that I've seen, it seems like they kind of fixate on one specific like um, 
little like word that they come up with or term that they come up with that they coin, mm-hmm. and then they kind of run it run it into the ground like vinegar vinegar strokes Eskimo brothers Eskimo brothers. They kind of have all these kind of things, and it's kind of like some of it's just like all right, just quit trying to be clever with the with the thing and have an episode like. I don't. It just it just rubbed me the wrong way. But this episode with uh, with Jeff Goldblum was kind of perfect because they had all their antics and everything, and then at the end of the episode, he's it's he's banging uh, Sarah Silverman in the bathroom, and then they open the door to see what's going on, and they see him, and he's like he's like doing his his. Uh, O face is vinegar strokes. Yeah, and someone's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we just saw your dad's vinegar stroke!" And it was just, it was just really, really <laughs> clever the way that it all came together at the end. No pun intended. But, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, it was you know it was, it was it was good. It is a good episode. Yeah, and then he was also on Friends. Yeah, yeah, he was in a a late. Late episode of Friends, I think seven season seven or eight, but he was a casting director, or he was he was a famous actor, and he was casting a commercial or something, or he was in a commercial, and uh, Joey was auditioning for it. That's right. Yeah, and he went to the audition really having to pee, and he was he didn't have a chance to pee, so he did the audition having to pee. And so he's like, I love the energy. Come back for a second, a second audition, and uh, and just do more of that. <laughs> and of course, he just speaks in that weird rhythm and timbre that he always does. Yeah, which is his signature thing. Love, it's uh, uh, do that again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't do a good impression of him, but yeah, he's he a lot. Yeah, he's Life, really, uh, uh, finds a way. Uh, finds a way. Yeah, but. So anyway, so Joey comes back to the audition having to really pee, and he actually does really well. And then he, <laughs> the best punchline of that episode, like the punchline of the episode, is just one of their most memorable to me. Is that they that he goes and hugs him? J- Jeff Goldblum hugs him. And is like you got the job, and then Joey just starts peeing. <laughs> and it's so it's so great, just the way it comes together that way. Yeah, does he like hug him too hard? And yeah. he has to pee because he hugs him too hard. And the ca- yeah, and the camera just shows uh, Matt LeBlanc's face, and he's just like, oh, <laughs> it's so so funny. Pee jokes are the best. Oh yeah, absolutely, toilet humor. Yep. I was gonna say second only to fart jokes. Oh yeah, we should do a whole episode for toilet humor. Oh jeez, well, we kind of have been. Aren't we doing those all summer long? Hey, yeah, hey, summer Same joke. Good for toilet toilet jokes and and uh, gay jokes. That was a better fart sound than you did the last time. Oh, thank you so much. It wasn't good. Oh, but it was better. That's cool. That's cool. Just keep <laughs> driving good. down Mass Ave. Don't stop and pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> Keep working on it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so our next one is from season one of twenty four, actually. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. La, 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 la. <laughs> Never actually seen that movie. You know, funny story. When I was a kid, I don't know how old I was. I think I was like one of my earliest memories is just wearing out the tape on that damn movie. Really? Yeah, and um, it kind of goes back to the whole I know what you did last summer kind of discussion that my parents showed me some weird movies when I was a kid, <laughs> and that was one that I just kind of latched onto. Huh. I was like, oh, he's dead. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just, alert. something about it. Just, I loved it. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, but anyway, he, on 24, he played this, uh, it's kind of a ridiculous premise 
because it's 24, but it's like there's a secret prison in the desert that Jack tracks tracks down the whereabouts of the main villain of the season too. And they're they're planning like his the prisoner's family is going to break him out of that prison. And Lou Diamond Phillips plays like the plays like the um like the warden the warden of it. I mean, it's like it's not like a full fledged prison. It's an underground prison that's hidden away from like the world. And it it houses this this like mastermind criminal guy. This this uh, Victor Drazen. Yeah. Uh, which Ooh, we could also that's add. That's a heck of a name. Yeah. We could also add Dennis Hopper, right? To, it was Dennis yeah, Hopper, right? Yeah, he's in the season kind of a lot, though. Not really. He's well. He's in the last like four episodes. Yeah. But anyway, he he does a ridiculous, ridiculous accent. Russian accent. Yeah, like Mike. If you saw this episode, you would flip out because <laughs> I know that you get really particular about accents. Like I you do. would hate it with a passion. It's so ridiculous. But anyway, so Lou Diamond Phillips. It's kind of nice because I guess he and. Was he in, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, uh, something Guns, Wild Guns? Um, young Guns? Young Guns with Kiefer Sutherland. Jeez. I get the sense that it was, yeah. Uh, young Guns with Kiefer Sutherland. I get the sense that it was kind of like a favor, like, oh, they're friends, and hey, I'm on the show. Yeah. And Lou Devin Films is like, all right, let's see if I can get time off at the car wash. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> that's, that's so mean. That's pretty bad. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not apologizing because Lou Devin Films doesn't listen to this episode, and to this podcast. But anyway, so... So he plays a role, and it's it's kind of nice because it's like throughout the whole season, Jack Bauer is kind of going up against like like higher level people and stuff. But he has kind of this rapport with Lou Diamond Phillips, and it's kind of kind of nice, like a nice little break. And he even says to his boss on the phone, he's like, "Oh, he's a reasonable guy, but he's just his hands are tied because he has to, you know." I remember that for some reason. So yeah, uh, not really much else to talk about with it. I remember watching it, and I was like, "Is that Lou Diamond Phillips?" <laughs> It was just like, just kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah. Spoiler alert, like every other character in that damn show, he gets killed off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, it was a good, it was a good, a good example of 24 in its prime. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, because that was a good season. So yeah, um, I assume Mike doesn't have anything to say about it. I don't. Did you ever see La Bamba? Nope. Oh, wow. You might like it. Music. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> anything that has anything to do with music, I think you'll like, Mike. Have yes, you seen Selena? Exactly. That's, a, that's a very, like, in-laws thing to say. Or like your aunts and uncles would say, oh, hey, that's got music in it. You might like this. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Although yeah. I've thought that so many times with movies. I'm like, you know, this, I think as a musician, I think Mike would like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that that is actually not so bad. I, I I probably would. But, like, people who know we do this show and I do this show, like, if they have a movie that's really crappy, they'll say, oh, I got a movie you have to see. Oh, no. It's called God's Not Dead. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not, I, that's an example. I'm kidding. That's never happened. But have you, but you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Hey, you got to see this movie. Yeah. Have you ever gotten the text? What's the text? Oh, yes, of course yeah. I have. Oh, luckily I have. No one texts me. I got like three of them last year. Jeez. Anyway. Um, anyway. Have you seen Selena? Mm, yes. I think I saw it in high school. Oh, yes. Nice. Cool. Anything for Selena's. Anything for yeah. Selena's. <laughs> anyway, so. So the next one. Yes, which this one I'm not familiar with. Mike, do you want to intro it? 
Yeah, I brought this up. Uh, I was mentioned on the show a billion times that I loved Boy Meets World, and uh, Fred Savage did a guest spot on Boy Meets World one time. Fred Savage, of course, is Ben Savage's older brother. Ben Savage plays Corey, and Fred Savage played uh, hit, played a professor in Corey and Topanga's one of their classes, and uh, he starts to hit on Topanga, and it's awkward. Yeah, nice. and hilarious. Nice. Does he close? It's, what's that? <laughs> does he close? Does he close? <laughs> does he banger? Oh, does he close the deal? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Oh, okay. We're going to are together. I won't watch it then. <laughs> hey, they ain't married, dude. <laughs> what? They might have been at the time. <laughs> I think they were. Oh, really? Oh, wow. By the time that episode aired. I don't know. I'm I could sh- be wrong. Uh, I thought for the longest time, back when I used to have more hair, that... Uh, that I was a dead ringer for Fred Savage. I thought huh. he and I looked the same. I can see that. Yeah. I always thought you had a bit of a Ben Affleck quality to you, Mike. Oh, that's very generous of you to say. Huh. Thank you. Yeah. Did you chuckle because you mean that in a negative way? No, 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 no. I just chuckled because I don't know. I'm. It's kind of a weird thing to say. Like, hey, hey, friend. I think you look like a look like a famous movie star. Who's really yeah. attractive? Who's really attractive? Yeah. Hey. Okay. Nah, you know. Well, you're making me blush on camera on the microphone. Well, you know, I'll take a note from Tiny. I'll give you some flowers. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah. So Fred, Fred Savage. Savage, Boy Meets World. Tiny, have you seen it? Negative. Don't remember it. Um, sidetrack tangent a little bit. Have you seen uh, Girl Meets World yet? No, I haven't. And I read that. Shoot, somebody was supposed to be on it this weekend. In fact, it might it might have been Fred Savage was on this this last episode <laughs> this weekend. But no, I haven't I haven't had a chance to see it. Have you? No, I haven't. But I've heard it's not that good. I you know it's not for us, right? So did I, it? It got renewed for a second season, didn't it? It did indeed. Yeah. Nice. Well, good for them. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Should I should I enter the next one? Yeah. Go okay. for it. Um, we actually have two two episodes, two uh, two guest stars for this one show, Scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, first one I want to talk about is Michael J. Fox. Have you guys seen this episode that he's in? No, I think it's like a couple episodes. I don't remember it. Oh, it's so good. He plays a because this is this is around the time that he was like first like came out as having Parkinson's, mm-hmm. and he plays this uh, this doctor with obsessive compulsive disorder. So they use that as a way to kind of mask the 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 Parkinson's um stuff, like the tremors and the stuff. The tremors and stuff. And it's it plays so well. Like he there's a scene where he like kind of freaks out if I if I remember correctly. I wish I would have seen the episode before we recorded. But he like he kind of flips out and stuff and it's just it's like he's like this beacon of hope for hope for all the characters and it's like he helps all the characters resolve something but he's kind of this kind of not tragic character but he's kind of this tormented character because he's got this he's got this condition and all that stuff and he can't really focus or 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 whatever um and he has this really great like breakdown scene in front of i think it was in front of elliot it may have been may have been in front of jd but it's just it's just it reminds you why you love the hell out of michael j fox because he's so great in it um yeah and when when did that air it was like season one or season two of Scrubs. I can't really remember. Maybe later. I, I don't remember when it 
It's it was a it was a little after he went public with the Parkinson's. Yeah, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and then on the same semi same uh, token, uh, Sean Hayes in like season one or season two did a really great guest spot on on Scrubs where he played similarly. He played this kind of high energy kind of character who's always very likable and he played this really likable guy. And it's it's kind of a good barometer that episode is kind of a good barometer for why i'm i'm so torn on how i feel about zach braff because not really zach braff but the character of gad i just i i I can't stand him half the time because he's so narcissistic and he's so self-centered because the whole the whole run of the episode he's like jealous of sean hayes's character because sean hayes is stealing the spotlight of the of all the interns and stuff so anyway so there's again there's another really great scene where Sean Hayes throughout the entire episode he's he's got all this energy he's he's being very positive and all that stuff and very well liked and everything and then he has to tell like a little boy that he's that they, there's nothing they can do about his cancer and all that stuff and then like they find him like crying in a stairwell and then he's like he's just like freaking out and he's, all the pressure is really getting in getting to him and everything it's just a really really intense dramatic episode which is some of the things that scrubs did so well was that they mixed the drama with the comedy and uh and it really was a good way to show how um the medical profession is just really overwhelming mm-hmm. um it was just it was just really a really well put together episode and a really good display from sean hayes who i just assumed wasn't really that talented but i he kind of surprised me in that role well said uh, thank you I want to go back to Michael J. Fox for a second. I didn't see oh, the yeah. Scrubs episode, but um, one of my favorite things was when he guested on Curb Your Enthusiasm for a little while. Oh, I never saw that. Tiny, did you see that? No. Uh, well, for a show that's on HBO, like that show is, they, they're they allowed to go a little more blue with the humor. Right. And so <laughs> there there's an instance where Michael J. Fox with with his Parkinson's in full effect, uh, like picks up a, a can of pop or something. <laughs> I saw a clip of this. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and then gives it to uh, to Larry, who, and it of course explodes in his face. And <laughs> isn't like the whole episode built around Larry not knowing if Michael J. Fox is a dick or if he just has if it's just his Parkinson's. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because he thinks that he's like purposely doing these things to mess with them, but it's right. <laughs> that's so genius. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, he's done some good guest stuff since his diagnosis. Yeah, because he was he did yeah. a good a good run on Rescue Me as well. As a, oh, really? As a disabled guy. Wow! Like he was paralyzed from the waist down. Huh. So, wow. and he was really good on it. He was funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, Actually, Scrubs had several uh, good guest stars as well. Oh yeah. The Dick Van Dyke episode was really good. Yeah, that's right. He played a uh, uh, was it a. Doctor, an old, an older, doctor. an older doctor who couldn't keep up. Yeah, he he wasn't up on all the new technology. That's and, right. Yeah. More good comedy drama balance. Yeah, that episode. So I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. John Ritter, great. Heather Graham, John Ritter. Yeah, Graham. Um, Tom Cavanaugh too. He, Tom Cavanaugh. He had a good. Mm-hmm. Few, Brandon Fraser. Episodes. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, yep. yeah. Those episodes are some of my favorite of the series. There's two episodes in particular where they both have this have similar um, narrative structures because, like, they're built around like like JD not realizing that 
it's all it's all kind of JD's fantasy or something in one of the episodes, mm-hmm. and it's like this just complete twist at the end that makes you quite, make you makes you go back and reconsider every scene that you've seen. And it's all built around Brendan Fraser's character, uh, both episodes, and it's such it, those are two those uh, I should put that on the list, but those two episodes are really great. Um, I forget how many episodes he was in. Two. It was just two. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm actually gonna look up which two episodes so I can tell all the listeners to check it out because it's like two of my favorite sitcom episodes ever. I remembered him, but for some reason I thought that he was in like five or six episodes. No, because he was um, John Whoops. C. McGinley's wife. She was he was her brother, right? Right. Oh wow, he's from Indianapolis. Who, Brandon Fraser? Or he was born in Indianapolis. Nice. Huh. Who's your native? Who's your native what? <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm almost there, by the way. Um, he was in, oh, no, he was in three episodes. Uh, he was in My Occurrence, My Hero, and My Screw Up. My Occurrence was the first episode he was in, which is a reference, the title is a reference to an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, which is what the episode was, the narrative structure of the episode was patterned after, which that short story is about a guy who gets hanged and escapes and the whole thing, but it turns out that he was dead the whole time. And yeah. If you don't know that story, go back to 11th grade English. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Junior high English. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was maybe. like 8th grade. Yeah, Yeah, 8th grade. Yeah, because we didn't have the hot teacher. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, three episodes. I don't think, huh? I think the two the two episodes he was in that he was prominently featured, but my screw up was kind of just a cameo thing of of his fantasy because in the second episode he was in, uh, the ending is very surprising. I'll say. But it's it's just really great run uh, pair of episodes. They're both in two thousand two. So find them. They're, it's on Netflix. I mm-hmm. highly recommend it. They're great. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. So does that do it for Scrubs? Tiny, do you want to bring up the second, the next one? I would love to. The next one is a legendary actor named Eli Wallach, and he yes. was a guest star on the show Studio Sixty on the Strip. I'm kidding. God. I I just I'm not a fan of that show. You don't have a heart. It's okay. <laughs> no, Studio 60 was an unfortunately canceled show. It was uh, written by the incomparable Aaron Sorkin. Um, and th- this was a great a great guest star. Um, he played a World War II veteran, and uh, he had kind of wandered into the studio. He sort of had some, some dementia or Alzheimer's, and he wandered onto the studio during a show, and uh, they caught him trying to like take a picture essentially and uh and they finally got it out of him by the end of the episode that he the picture included him like he was in the picture and he worked at that studio uh during the red scare during the uh um mccarthyism red scare era and he uh he was a writer who got blacklisted and he tells the story of how he and so many other writers got blacklisted and how he could never work again and he wouldn't even talk about the World War II stuff. It was it was just really cool. Eli Wallach is just kind of a legend, I don't know, in my opinion. Like I said, in one of the most famous movies ever, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. He played The Ugly. That <laughs> <laughs> um, movie of mine. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, oh, really? Yeah. Mm. May have to do that at some point. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyways, this is a great episode. I can't remember the name yes. of the episode. It's only this the the series is only one season long. So, right. Uh, if you haven't watched that series, watch it. It's awesome. 
Matt's wrong. It's awesome. I just, you know, I think it just got a little too preachy for a show that's about an SNL type sketch show. I'm um, not going to do it with you. She's not yeah. going to do it. Eh, well, not going to do it. It's not what this episode is about. It's not. It's not. Well, let's 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 you know. Let's move on. Yes. Okay. So I realized that we just had audio problems. We just checked it. So I apologize for the run of the episode that had the audio problems. Hopefully that doesn't happen again this episode. We're trying to diagnose the actual uh, problem, but you know, well, we want your your thoughts and prayers are with us. We hope. <laughs> um. So okay, so we're we're back. So Eli Wallach on Studio Sixty, you know, good run on a show. Don't. Um, <laughs> next up, Mike, do you want to introduce this new show? We're gonna do a couple a uh, couple of guest stars about. Yeah, similar to Friends. In fact, the entire thing was similar to Friends. Is a show that I used to like very much. Uh, not so much anymore. A show called How I Met Your Mother, or uh, How I Met the Girl That I Fell in Love With. <laughs> after before i met your mother and then she died and i went back to her and the your mother didn't really matter at all <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler alert kids i seriously want to take i want to make a youtube video that's just a compilation of every time bob saget said the word kids in the show yeah and just put it on a loop for like 10 hours. Gosh. But anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, like we said, How I Met Your Mother is very similar to Friends in every aspect. There was a BuzzFeed article about it. And I, like, I want to, again, I want to make a YouTube video that's a compilation of all the instances where Friends and How I Met Your Mother lined up and were very similar. Um, but that's not what this episode's about, guys. Let's talk about James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. Yes. Yeah. He played a man from Canada. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, and he was he was really good. Mm-hmm. A um, former flame of Robin Sparkles. Yes, yes. They went to the they went to the red line. They went in the crease. Um <laughs> uh yeah. Anyway, um The funny thing is you have no idea what that means. I don't, but Indianapolis <laughs> is getting a new minor league hockey team that I really want to go to. They have it's called the Indy Fuel and they have uh partial partial season tickets like nine nine tickets at a time but they, they call it the quarter tank uh, thing i kind of want to buy it just because it's kind of cute uh nice i'd get my ass kicked at a hockey game though just because <laughs> i thought i would buy the season tickets because they're cute anyway yeah. so james vanderbeek uh yeah let's talk about that that's a very monumental episode also because it's uh sand castles in the sand is the first episode he's in and that's the episode where robin and uh barney bump uglies Oh no! No that's no the, no! That's no. The sound Take that, they, that out! Is that not? <laughs> is that not what they do? That yeah, not, that's that not what happens. Several high fives. It's a perfect sound. Yeah, that that's okay. Gosh! Ooh. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's what they f***ing listen to for the past couple minutes. Yeah, past twenty minutes. Ah, uh, uh, anyway. So yeah, um, he's hilarious. Like he put on kind of a kind of a um. They put they put like a fake uh, beer gut on him. At least I hope it was fake. They 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 uh, balded him up and everything. And he was just really great. They, they it's the also the introduction of um, uh, a c- couple running gags. The the foreskins. Um, <laughs> the the song Murder Train that's played throughout the rest of the series at inter- at 
different times. Um, I just, and I love when they're talking and, and they're trying to build up Robin and everything. And like, <laughs> like James Vanderbeek has that line where he's like, he's like, uh, where Ted's like, Oh, I could work at a water park. And he's like, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, nope. You didn't put your hand up. Kid just died. <laughs> Oh, oh, didn't put your hand up. Kid just died again. Another kid just died. Another kid just died. We have a pileup, and now Robin has something to talk about on her show. Hey, my friend Ted killed a bunch of kids today. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's it's good. It's another similar to Brad Pitt. Wow, similar to Brad Pitt. Um, He's a guy that didn't really grow up, and uh, Mm -hmm. he didn't really grow out of a... When when Robin knew him beforehand, and it's just and it shows, and it's so, it's a good it's a good display of James Vanderbeek in comedy in in intentional comedy, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because Dawson's Creek was funny. Please don't talk about it again. So Dawson's Creek, they uh, it was filmed a more in appropriate uh, analogy to Brad Pitt is it was when Taron Killam was on the show. Oh yeah, that's, Robin's. that's true. Or um, the guy that played uh, Scooter, because he's uh, NPH's husband. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And or... Um, yeah. The Alice, I Hate Barney fan club. Alice, <laughs> Allison Hannigan's husband. I can't remember. Yeah. Alexis... Alexis... Denisov. Denisov, yeah. yeah. I almost said Drazen. That's another character from 24. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, James Vanderbeek was great. He... He came back for a small role in another episode, uh, another Robin Sparkles episode. It was the P.S. I Love You, which wasn't a great episode because, like, the second that it said P.S. I Love You, I was like, oh, P.S. is the initial. Uh, Paul Schaefer, okay, that mystery's gone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, he, he was he was good in it. Yeah. I think he parlayed that guest spot in, to be in uh, into a starring role or main cast role or whatever in uh, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Mm-hmm. And yep. he also, once I was canceled, was in uh, Friends with Better Lives, I think. Yeah. Which was a yep. short run sitcom. Did that get canceled already? Yeah, wow. I think so. But yeah, so it's you know I'm I'm all for James Vanderbeek going the sitcom route because much like uh, Alicia Cuthbert in Happy Endings, I think that they're two like much like Alicia Cuthbert, he's an actor that is known for semi dramatic roles. <laughs> That's often uh, made fun of, and he just really shines in a sitcom setting, at least in this these two these two episodes he was in. What dramatic role is Alicia Cuthbert? Uh, Twenty four. <laughs> oh, she's known for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what made her famous. Yeah, she was Jack Bauer's daughter, oh. who inexplicably thought, uh, was written into the, the girl film. next door was what made her famous. No, no. Twenty four was before that. Twenty four predates it. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yep. yep. Yeah, twenty four started in November of uh, October of two thousand one. Yeah, they actually had to edit out part of the pilot episode because it had a plane explosion. Hmm. Ah, that's awkward. Yeah, a little bit. Damn terrorists. Anyway, again, uh, again on How I Met Your Mother, Britney Spears had a uh, re- semi recurring role. A few episodes in one season. Uh, what do you guys think of her in it? Incredibly forgettable. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she was very spacey. Yeah. And very yeah. like like she was like it wasn't like spacey like the character that she was playing was very spacey. It was spacey like she was struggling so hard to remember her lines. Like Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spacey. 
God damn it, Tyler. Hey. Anyway, um, no, there, uh, there's a funny anecdote in the special features of How I Met Your Mother. I think it's in the commentary track because uh, I've listened to those. But the uh, <laughs> when they when at the table read the first table read, I think like I think Carter Bays or Craig Thomas like introduced her to to the cast and everything. It was like um, we've got we've got a guest star here. Uh, is this is it Britney Spears? <laughs> it just it was kind of funny the way that it was talked about on the commentary track. Hmm. Um, which I'll I'll jump into this real quick. If you have the How I Met Your Mother DVDs and want to check out a really funny commentary track, check out the commentary track for I Heart. NJ or I Love New Jersey or whatever that episode because Carter I think it's Carter Bays and Craig Thomas they do the commentary track in character as two extras who were featured in the episode <laughs> and then like they reach the part where the, like the whole episode they're talking about um, they're talking about how like excited they are for their scene and they're like yeah we have an interaction with Jason Siegel and it's like uh, like we do like a funny joke and I improv it and stuff and then they're like they fucking cut it, yeah. and, it's, and it's just—it's really funny. It's—I've it heard it before. It's hilarious. It's hysterical. So check that out on the—I think it's the season four DVD. Mm. Um, That's a shame that I won't be watching that. <laughs> uh, yeah. On the flip side of Britney Spears, in terms of pop starlets, Katy Perry, I thought was actually pretty good. Oh yeah. Oh honey. Oh honey. Oh honey. <laughs> she was good. I, I liked her. Yeah. In that. Um, yeah, she's all right. They used her well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, Katy Perry. Yeah, yeah. Mm. she's a, right. She's an attractive female. She is. Yeah. Before we move on uh, to to our next one, I kind of want to go back. You mentioned Alicia Cuthbert, and you mentioned happy endings. Just for me, I'd like to mention uh, Lance Briggs guest spot on Happy Endings. Lance Briggs. I don't. Lance Briggs is a linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Oh, huh. <laughs> I don't remember him. I need to rewatch Happy Endings. Yeah. He's in, I don't know. I think he's in the second season. Okay. And uh of course the show takes place in Chicago, which I which I love. And uh he does a guest spot. Nice. What is he doing? Is it as him or Yeah, he's Lance Briggs. Okay. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. I don't remember him. But that's yep. cool. Nice. Uh should we move on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tiny. Do you want to bring this one up? Sure, I don't remember it, but Okay. <laughs> um this is tiny and obsessive tiny. Um, <laughs> Will Arnett on Parks and Rec. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Oh, you don't remember? That's what she said. I thought she said we don't. You don't remember which one? Okay. Well, Will Arnett is he? We, at the time, he was married with married to uh, um, Amy Poehler, which apparently they've divorced now, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer because I just read Mindy Kaling's book and there, there's like this little section where she's like, "Yeah, this is how I know that Amy Poehler and Will Arnett are such a great couple and uh-huh. all that stuff." And I was like, "Wait, didn't they divorce?" And I looked it up. And I was like, "Wow, Mindy Kaling doesn't know what the f- she's talking about." <laughs> but anyway, uh, pretty good book though. Um, actually, check out my review of it on Obsessive Book Nerd in the future. But anyway, Will Arnett plays a blind date of Amy Poehler. And it's clearly another one of those, oh, they're married in real life. Let's be cute and have him, in, have him date in the show. And he's such an obnoxious prick in the episode. It's so, so funny because he's like, uh, what was it? Like, he's an MRI technician. Um, and what's her name? Uh I almost said Karen Filippelli. Rashida Jones. Oh. Yeah, Rashida Jones set them sets them up. And he is like like they lead to like he's obnoxious at dinner and all that stuff. And then he's uh they he they he takes her to the lab and gives her an MRI. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like kind of a cute, like, oh, first date kind of thing, but then it's just like 
he's like really obnoxious. He's like, can you stop talking? Can you stop moving your head? Just really hard for me to do the do the controls here when you're talking and moving your head and stuff. It's <laughs> like, yeah, that's a, that's a good head. That's a good head. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, what's that? Oh, oh. And then he kind of freaks her out, and he's just like, he's like, there's something there. I don't know what that is. Or oh, it's just a smudge on the on the on the on the screen. That's fine. <laughs> but it's just it's just such a disastrous first date, and it's it's really funny to see because Will Arnett is fantastic. Um. So yeah, that's 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 that one. Yeah. Never seen it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's good. I recommend it. Uh, so, Mike, do you want to bring up the next one? Yeah, and this is only brief, uh, and it's also it's also kind of a joke, and he plays himself, so it's not like he stars anybody specific. I'm talking about Community mm. and Luis Guzman, who I love, and he is the he. There's a statue in front of Greendale Community College of Luis Guzman. Yeah, he. Uh, it's a running gag throughout the first few seasons, mm-hmm. and they finally got him on the show. Uh, it's one of the documentary episodes where where uh, the dean is is creating a commercial for the for the um, <laughs> for the for the for the college, and he goes all Colonel Kurtz and goes crazy. Um, and it's 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 a really it's when I see this episode, I think, wow, Luis Guzman is just he's such a good sport. He's so cool in it. Um, and it's really funny the way that they they kind of tie it together, and he he's kind of the heart. He's what brings the dean back to reality. And it's kind of cool how they kind of factored him into the episode, and they actually got him in the episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not even sure why I'm, why I picked Luis Guzman first. I mean, they've got all kinds of guest stars on the show. They really do. Most notably, maybe eh, maybe not most notably, David Cross was on the show. Can't was he? Remember him? Yeah, he was uh, the son of Hickey. Oh yeah, season five in the Dungeons and Dragons episode. Oh jeez, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, he yeah. was really good. He was good. Rob Corddry was on the show. Chris <laughs> Elliott was on the show. Ben Folds, hmm. Vince Gilligan. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, there was one other one I was going to bring up that I can't remember. Um, Mitchell Hurwitz as Coogler. Oh my god, that was so great. One of my favorite episodes of the series too. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, um, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Yep, Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> there you yeah. go. What'd you guys think of Betty White? Because I feel like she was in the premiere in a couple episodes of season two, I think. But I feel like they were capitalizing on her popularity. Definitely. And it was kind of just kind of like okay. I mean, they kind of made well, they didn't really make a gag at that, but it was just kind of like okay, she's kind of old. Yeah, we've talked about on the show before just that 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 bubbles popped. That's true. And it yeah. just, and it has now. Clearly, it has. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we I, I was about rolling it. my eyes even then. Yeah. I think we talked about it on the Lost Community episode that we did. Yeah, yeah, that was marred by the same uh, same technical difficulties that have been troubling us recently. Yes. So anyway, um, unreleased episode. So anyway, um, yeah, and then Michael K. Williams was also on it. Uh, it's funny because he he plays a he plays the professor in season three biology professor he's kind of this uh like when when we brought it up tiny said the joke said the, repeated the line it's 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 hilarious yeah. it's like he's like uh he's berating the or disciplining the the study group and he was like you know what in prison we had a word for word for people like you you would have been called the mean click 
<laughs> it's just hilarious. But it's kind of funny because I was listening to uh, uh, Gillian Jacobs on an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, I think, or maybe something else. But she was she was talking about how season three, Dan Harmon, like in the break between seasons two and three, Dan Harmon binge watched The Wire, which Michael K. Williams is a very prominent actor in that show. Yeah, so great. Uh, Omar coming, y'all. Anyway, <laughs> game is the game. Anyway, so um, I'm broken. Um, so he let's get a sandwich. <laughs> so, I don't know. I never saw the show. Uh, I'm right. guessing. <laughs> so anyway, well, I they eat a sandwich one or two at some point. So anyway, um, so the, so he wrote. I think he may have written the role specifically for Michael K. Williams, and then it was just he got him. But if you watch the end of the end of the season, the end of season three, they do this musical montage. Uh, that plays over all the characters doing stuff and everything, and it's it's patterned after the way The Wire did season finales, ending montages, because mm-hmm. each season finale ended with a musical, a, a musical driven montage with all the characters kind of wrapping up what they're doing. I need to watch The Wire again, guys, mm-hmm. so I can be snooty and talk about how it's the greatest show on television. Yeah. Oh God. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> It reminds, the wire. <laughs> it reminds me of, there's a gag on Family Guy where they're like, uh, uh, they talk about how douchebags are, are like, oh, you won't shut up about the wire and Breaking Bad. And it's just, it's really funny. Yeah, but anyway, funny. yeah. So the wire is good. But next one, Mike, how about you bring us into this one? We should probably cut this pretty short soon. Uh, f- Arrest Development? Yeah, no. yeah. Okay. Um, Rest of Development is the next one we have on our list, and we specifically listed Martin Short, so we'll talk about him, but there are, of course, more. Yeah. Uh, and he plays, I guess, Uncle in quotes. Uh, what's yeah. his name? What's his character's name? Uh, Uncle Jack. Uncle Jack. Yeah. Uh, the, like, 40s or 50s, like, uh... Fitness guru kind of Fitness guy. guru and, and kind of TV show sidekick or, or, or something i don't know i don't know but he's like shoot me and <laughs> yeah. anyway you know honestly i mean season two of arrested development is one of the best seasons of a sitcom i've ever seen yep and i feel like this episode is like the weak point of it um yes yeah, that's funny yeah i just i i wasn't really on board with the martin short gag the the whole the whole premise of him being this 90 year old fitness guru who can't use his legs and has this guy that's walking like that you that it becomes his legs and kind of a hodor brand start kind of thing <laughs> um wow yeah that was wow um anyway uh it's just kind of one of those things where i'm like okay it's a little bit of a ridiculous so- premise so Instead, let's call back to an earlier point in this episode, and how about you can talk about Zach Braff on Girls with Low Self-Esteem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was good. We got a surfboard in the shot. Um, <laughs> but no, he was, he was good, uh, you know. Or Scott Bayo as blah, blah, blah. Scott Bayo. There you go. That's, we were just talking about him uh, last night. Uh yeah, blah blah blah's blah blah. Couldn't remember his the actor's name. Yeah, I love that because uh when um when when um Lindsay does the does her chicken dance, she does she just goes chachi chachi chachi, <laughs> which is a reference to Scott Bayo in in Happy Days, which the fact that they got I him, never noticed that. Oh, really? 
Because yeah. she starts, she, she says chicha, chicha, chicha. And you're, you're absolutely right, but mm. I always just heard chicha space, yeah. chicha space. <laughs> yep, chachi, chachi, chachi. And the whole fact that he is uh, brought in to replace uh, Henry Winkler's character, like he actually has a line where he's like, this isn't the first time I've br- been brought in to replace Barry Zuckercorn. because <laughs> his role in, in Happy Days. Uh-huh. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's you know, fun fun times, you know. All right, fans, get your notebooks ready because here's my Mike's wife reference of the week. <laughs> uh, Amanda does not watch Arrested Development. She, I think she Whoa. gave it a try. I know, I know, I know. Man. She gave it a try, and I, I just think it's too kinetic. It's too hyper. It's too hyper for its, her attention span. You, you really have to invest in the show, despite it's... She is the type of person, this is sad to say, I love my wife, really I do. Uh, she is the type of person that killed the show. Oh, I see. Right? She is the type of person who can like, yeah, okay, if I watch it, it's good, but I don't really want to watch it. Wow. But um, when they got to the Bob Blah Blah episode, she, that, was, that was a gag that she laughed out loud. Nice, at. nice. My girlfriend's play had a reference to Job in it, so, you know, just saying. Um, the biblical Job or Job Bluth? Job Bluth. Ah. They played what about Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller was good in it tony wonder um season four i was i was i felt like that storyline was kind of weird oh with them together yeah i thought it was just kind of great really yeah i kind of need to rewatch it again because it season four was one of those seasons of tv that was just kind of like they tried something different and it was kind of a lot of it was was on on point for me but some of it was just kind of like don't know what they're trying to do here um yeah well that they didn't try something different they were kind of forced into something different right yeah that's true but yeah you're right um julie louis dreyfus yeah as the blind lawyer yeah uh amy poehler to call back to earlier in the episode. yeah there you go jane lynch yeah. good stuff she was on the show yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Franklin Delano Booth. Booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, so good stuff. Good stuff. Great uh, show. That's the show I need to rewatch next. Yeah, it's it's hard telling which ones I'll rewatch. I which can't. shows? Yeah, which shows? I'm in the mood to rewatch something. But I'm not sure which one. Seinfeld. <clears throat> if it was on Netflix, I totally would. But <laughs> can't really. Get right. to it. Tiny, do you want to bring up the last one on our list? Um, yes. The last one on the list is the incomparable John Goodman on The West Wing. Just a phenomenal run on that show. Um, can't really talk about it without spoiling it, unfortunately. And Matt hasn't gotten to that part yet. I haven't. Because it's taken him like 17 years to watch the show. Well, a year and a half. <sighs> it's been longer than that. Anyways, um... It's awesome. He basically plays the Speaker of the House, and uh, he kind of has run-ins with the Bartlett administration. He's in, like, four episodes. Um, he's just phenomenal. And it's it's spread out across a couple seasons, his, his appearances. Um, I don't want to spoil it, because I just want people to see it. It's awesome. I'm familiar with the plot of Are it. You? But yeah. Okay. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awesome. He, he kind of 
comes in and, and plays this like real hard ass, like real like Republican right wing, you know, we're the the baddest country in the world kind of person. And it's it's just such a contrast to President Bartlett that it's mm-hmm. and just the way he plays it perfectly. Um and the other one of his, his chief of staff is played by uh Jelko Ivanek, who just a character actor you've seen in like a million things. He was in twenty four. Yeah. And he's just awesome. He's he's been in a lot of stuff too. So just the combination of all this this whole new cast coming in and just kind of like butting heads with everybody else, it's just so fantastic. Nice. And John Goodman is John Goodman. I mean, he's never bad. He's just he takes crappy stuff and makes it awesome. So he's a great. Also, another guest star on Community. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Going through some stuff. Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 a great joke. So yeah. Is that the end of our list? I think so, and we're running kind of long. End. But yeah, we're yeah. running long here. We have reached the end. Every guest spot ever. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly feels like it. Uh, sort of. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. So, um... And sorry to cut in again, but we have the same issues again. If you have any idea what's going on here, please email us and let us know. Uh, we're recording in Audacity, and it's a problem. But anyway, uh, apologize. I apologize for the sound issues this episode. You guys want to bring us into potpourri? Potpourri. Tiny, do you want to bring us into potpourri? Uh. JK. I mean, if you don't want you have a headache. Sure. Okay. Are we ready to go? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to do it. I was just like, I was just saying, I was being like, a, yeah, let's do it. I was being a dick because I thought that that's your way of going into potpourri, Mike. And no, like, no, Tiny, no. do you want to bring us in? <laughs> All right, let's go to potpourri. Okay. Do you want me to do it? Sure. Sure. All right. So that brings us to the end of that discussion, which means it's time for everybody's favorite portion of the show, Potpourri. It's where we talk about something we've seen or something we're looking forward to seeing. Uh, Matt, you start. Oh, yay. Um, Let's see. Well, um, in response to the sad news of Robin Williams' passing uh, last week, I've been watching a few few movies of his. Uh, I rewatched Mrs. Doubtfire. Which and I posted this on the Facebook page. It's it's endearing because the premise is so nonsensical and ridiculous, but he plays the role of a divorced dad who's struggling to get his kids back with such such so with so much earnest uh, with such earnest and heartfelt acting um, that it just really elevates the movie for me. Um, it's just a really good performance. And I also saw Jumanji, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, then today I just watched Patch Adams, which is uh, a really good, really good performance of his, of course. Um, also it's, it's kind of not eerie, but kind of just, it kind of put a tone of melancholy in my viewing for it because in the movie he is, he's roommates in medical school with a character who's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. So they have interactions together. It just kind of bummed me out because we both lost them uh, this year. Hmm. Um, other than that, really quickly, I watched the pilot episode of Cheers, um, <laughs> which I never watched Cheers before because I loved Wings as a kid, which I've talked about before. Um, and, and, and 
I just I I love Wings, and I was always kind of hesitant to watch Cheers because I thought, what if Cheers is better than Wings? And I, I, I just the pilot episode is just really good. Um, Tony Danza is great, and Shelley Long is is great. They have a good chemistry, and I'm looking forward to watching more episodes of the eleven seasons of the show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my potpourri. Any thoughts on it, guys? Ted Danson. Did I say you said Tony Danza? Tony Danza. I yeah. did. I meant Ted Danza. <laughs> Tony Danson. Yeah. Tony Danson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Ted Danson. Right. Ted Danson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ted. Just remember. Just imagine him dancing. God. I'm so tired right. for tonight. Anyway, uh, so I'll, yeah. I'll take my shot at my uh, my Robin Williams retrospective. Last night we watched Mrs. Doubtfire, just like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I go through ups and downs with with Mrs. Doubtfire. I didn't like it just this last recent time that I watched it about a year and a half ago because uh, I just the ending is so absurd and it's still absurd. But really I is. guess what's that? Uh, I was just agreeing with you. Sorry. Yeah. Something about the the nostalgia and something about the just the events of last week. I I really enjoyed watching it, uh, especially having everybody over at the house for the first time checking it out. And we we did a movie and it was kind of a fun experience. But we followed it up with Goodwill Hunting, which was just fantastic. It's it's in my top ten and it has been probably since the first time I saw it. Uh, and it just it I, I loved the movie even more and it made me miss Robin Williams even more. So it was, it was very bittersweet night bittersweet time watching movies um to go away from that i know you guys saw i just recently watched uh i finally watched the new ninja turtles movie oh how'd you feel about it i know you're a big fan i am a big fan i i still collect the action figures as you guys know a lot of my friends know i'm i'm quite obsessive about it but uh i i'm still you know four or five days later trying to figure out how i felt about the movie to be honest with you guys and that's why i, I know that i said that i might re- what uh write a review for the website but i just can't i just can't find my angle i just can't find the first word i saw it with a group of um six or so people six or seven people and like half of them absolutely hated it and half of them really enjoyed the time they they liked it a lot um my buddy jake who was sitting next to me in fact said that he liked it more than guardians of the galaxy which i think is absurd oh wow yeah might have to have but, a talk with jake yeah, I <laughs> but uh i don't there was so much about it that i did like that i'm having trouble being a rational thinking moviegoer uh who knows that the movie was really a mess I mean, the movie was pure mess. Uh, tonally, it was all over the place. The plot was absolutely ridiculous. The turtles, for the most part, didn't look that bad, but looked about as weird as you might expect. Um, Shredder wasn't scary. Splinter looked horrendous. Um, but something about it worked. Something about it made me have a good time, and, that, and I didn't leave uh, the way I leave like say a transformers movie that's something mike i'm just taking a stab in the dark i'm just gonna say michelangelo he was fantastic in it you mean Raphael? it was michelangelo it was michelangelo i'm sorry yeah. you're right sorry. Yeah. yeah you're right he was fantastic yeah i that's what kind of hooked me on it was that i just i loved the comic relief in it i thought and i thought he was fantastic but yeah there were a lot of problems the the dialogue was 
There was one part where I laughed out loud in the theater and I said, oh my God, are you serious? And I tried to keep myself from laughing hysterically and disrupting the viewing for everyone else in the theater. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. Me too. Yeah. Dialogue and just just so much blatant exposition. Mm Mm-hmm. So much telling rather than showing. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. really bad. Yeah. But still fun. I, and I guess you're right, it was Michelangelo. But even some of the special effects, uh, there was no ninjutsu of any sort. But mm-hmm. like the, the, the scene in the snow was a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Something about it. Something about it worked. Maybe you guys can put better words in my mouth, but I, I, I'm not coming up with them. Will you be buying it on Blu-ray when it is released? Well, yeah, but that says nothing. Yeah, would it be about... as would it be more as an obligation, or will you be like, oh, I can't wait to see this again? I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Okay, interesting. If only, if only to see if I still feel the same way. Okay, I imagine I won't. Yeah, I probably won't buy it. I I, I saw it once. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my experience, and I mean, I'm probably not going to think much about it. Because uh, and that's also due to just having a lot of good movies come out this summer. Like we've had a really good summer. Yeah. So I I liked the movie a lot. I thought it was I was so expecting to not like it at all, but no. uh, just was so wonderfully surprised. Um, to to your comments, Mike, I'm kind of I remember you saying so much of it was like it's just a ridiculous plot and stuff. Um, it has to be, doesn't it? Because we're talking about a ridiculous premise for a movie. We're talking about mutant turtles who are ninjas. So I mean, right. it just it just has to be silly. I think you know, I I don't know. I, I was talking to another friend about it, and I was like, how. Where can you go with this franchise? And I, I'm not as yeah. I'm not as familiar with the source material and whatnot as as others are. But like, how wh- where what else could you get from this franchise besides pretty silly premise and ridiculousness and a lot of comedy, some fun action? Like, what what more can you really expect from it? That's, that's kind of what my to anyone who's being overly critical of it. Not to say that you were, because right. you're absolutely not. But mm-hmm. to anyone who's like really criticizing it, I'm like, well, what what would you do? I mean, honestly, you you can't you can't dark knight the turtles. Exactly, that's exactly I mean, what I was going to say. Well, right, you're right, and, and and to that I say you make a good point. However, um, there are there are dumber things that have much better results. And in fact, in the same universe, the Ninja Turtles comic is incredibly mature and well done. And I know they can't go they can't go that way. They can't go really mature, but the movie was PG-13, so it's not like they're going for the little little kids. So I I guess my complaint is they can't and sorry to borrow a cliche, but they can't have their cake and eat it too. Right. Mm. Okay. Hmm. And you say in the comics that it's very mature and, and serious and everything. Does that include the origin? Because could it be that the the exposition of putting the origin in this kind of puts a reflection on how kind of ridiculous the premise is as a whole? Um, no, the origin is very similar. In fact, okay. I think they borrowed the movie origin from the in, uh, origin of um, the comic book. Okay, and so. I, I I wouldn't say the origin in this movie is what bothered me. Okay. Hmm. To me, it just seems like maybe this is probably a lack of imagination on my part, but I think this is about as good as the turtles get, in my opinion. And the original one back in the nineties, which I still maybe that's more nostalgia than actual quality, right? But uh, 
I, I argue the first one has quality. Okay. It's very dark. Much darker than I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Which they reconciled in the sequel. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just think this is uh, this is about as good as it gets for the Turtles, in my opinion. And again, maybe it's just a lack of imagination on my part and a lack of familiarity with the source material. But yeah. mm-hmm. that's just how I feel. I made the remark like when I went in to see it, or like in the lead up to seeing it, like Tiny sent me a text and was like, "Hey, do you want to see Ninja Turtles this weekend?" I was like, "I honestly, I'm not too." I wasn't looking forward to seeing this movie. I mean, I, I was a huge fan of the Ninja Turtles as a kid. But I was just like, eh, I guess I'll see it. Mm-hmm. But and I was pleasantly surprised, and I think part of that is just due to low expectations, which is another reason why I probably I won't be buying it. I don't know if I'll see it again because I want to preserve that memory because I know that once I see it again, I'll pick it apart, mm-hmm. and it'll be just you know, I won't enjoy it as much as I did in the theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Tiny, what's your potpourri? Uh, my potpourri, I hope it doesn't turn into a discussion, but like that was. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I finally watched Nebraska. Oh, dude. Go ahead, Jeez. Sorry. Yeah, it was okay. Oh, okay. I wasn't, uh, I, I think it's pretty overrated. Really? I don't know if I would have nominated it for any Oscars. Oh, wow. Including acting. Yeah. Not even uh, um, June Squibb. June, uh, June Squibb? Not really. Really? Didn't really care for her. Huh. I thought she was kind of bland. Wow. Bland isn't the right word. I thought she was very stiff. Huh. Just, I just didn't. I, I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I, there was plenty of the movie that I liked a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, I loved freaking cracked up at like all the old man stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when Bruce Dern and all of his brothers are sitting there watching the Bears game. Yeah. And they're just, he's like... So, you still got that old Chevy? He's like, no, I never had a Chevy. And it's just like the most boring. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen that conversation before, and just, huh. that cracked me up. That was really funny. Um, and the thing with the air compressor was oh, yeah. funny as hell. Um, huh. So, it, there was a lot of good stuff in the movie, but I don't know. It's ultimately, I just thought it, it just had such a strange, a strange tone to it. It was like, huh. I don't know. I, I really can't put my finger on it. But it was, there was some quality about it that I really didn't care for. I love the black and white. I think that was a great choice. Yeah. That was a good choice for it. Um, just kind of had like that, that dust bowl, black and white, bland feel. Um, that was good. But there's just some quality to it that I really didn't, really just didn't mesh with me. I don't know huh. what, I, I really wish I could elaborate. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a little overrated. But still, I, I still want other people to see it, though. Yeah. Because I'm really, you know, I'm, maybe it's just something I'm missing, or I don't know. One of my favorite movies of the year so far. Wow. <laughs> wow. Seen, yeah. Well, it came I, out last year. Well, of the movie movies, is that a of the movies that I've seen this year for the first oh, time? Oh, that you've watched this year. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Um, you know, I I watched it shortly before the Oscars, and I I felt pretty similarly to you, Tiny. Yeah. I didn't get it. It, it was it was not for me. Huh. I connected to it, and I'll probably go on a rant here. Um, I connected to it on a much more personal level than you guys did, because um, aspects of it reminded me of things in my family okay. um, that I probably won't elaborate on here. But it just it reminded me so much of certain things that are like like are personal to me, mm-hmm. and I kind of just ran with that, and it was like it emotionally hooked me into it. Like some of the. Like some of the dialogue, similar to you, Tiny. Some of the dialogue is dialogue that I've I've seen, mm-hmm. and it's like the more like kind of 
depressing dialogue that's more of uh of how burdensome burdensome uh, some characters are and stuff, and it just it kind of just spoke to me on a personal level, and it was also I loved 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 the very realistic uh, look at small town life. Yeah, that was good. Yes, because like I think I said in an earlier episode that it really took um, it took the the Hollywood the Hollywood romanticism of small town life and just, just completely flipped at the bird and was like, this is what it's really like to live in this small town and how people are just so vindictive and so just awful to each other and how it's just, it's just so terrible to live in these small towns. Um, and I just, and I, and the humor was really good. I, I thought, and I thought Will Forte was really good in, in a dramatic role. And I think he and Bruce Dern, uh, their whole arc throughout the whole movie was just, just really well done with good chemistry. And, um, like that scene at the bar when they're talking and Bruce Dern's just drinking. And I'm just like, that's so. I mean, it just kind of bummed me out a little bit, and the scene with June Squibb at the at the at the at the cemetery, my God, that scene just it just kicked my ass. Really? Yeah, because you can see, because like she's going off and she's talking about how just like oh this your sister was a whore and and yeah. all that stuff, and it's it's funny, but then if you pay attention to Bruce Dern in that scene, like you can see just the pain that he's emoting in that scene, and it's just like. She's his wife, and he's he has like no other family, to, pretty much. And she's talking about these people that are important to him, and they're at a their final resting place. And it's just like she's saying the most despicable things about them, and like he's his just face is just tearing apart. It's really sad to me, um, and I just loved it. I, I bought it recently. I need to watch it again. But it's it's one of my favorite movies I've seen this year for the first time. So, huh, cool. so yeah, it's a bummer that you guys didn't like it that much, yeah. but I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I would give it like a six point five, maybe. I don't know if I saw a game, maybe I'd give it a seven yeah. or a ten. But what, so it was. I don't have a whole bunch of bad stuff to say. Right, right. I was just. I kind of had. So not necessarily high expectations, but mm. I thought it'd be a little bit better than than I than I ended up liking it. Yeah, I thought I'd like it a little more than I did. Fair enough, and I, I totally admit. I mean, I have that personal bias to it. It's just one of those movies that spoke to me. Like like same with a couple of years ago when I saw Take This Waltz, and I was like, "This is the most amazing and tragic movie I've ever seen." <laughs> you guys are like, "That's eh, okay." Um, I just it, it's one of those things that like the, those are two examples of movies that just speak to me on a personal level that right. I can't really can't really articulate and don't really want to articulate why but it's just it just has a profound impact on me uh, on a personal level which is great a great way to describe any kind of art mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's one of those qualities you just can't, it's like an untouchable quality yeah exactly yeah, just yeah. yeah you don't have to you don't have to defend it right right gotcha yeah so, so yeah. cool. Nebraska. Parting thoughts on that? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Okay, cool. Is that does that do it for us? Yeah. Where did I put my Oh here it is. <laughs> Alright, so I guess I'll count us out then once I find my notes. A one. 
a two, a one, two, three. As always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And thank you to Loud Like for providing our awesome opening theme music. Their first EP is called Mistakes We Must Make and features our theme song and eclipse of events. Uh, if you want to listen to the full song, check it out on iTunes, anywhere else you find music. I'll put links in the show notes for you. Um, also, I apologize for the sound issues that we've been experiencing. I'm glad that we caught it this time, but um, we'll work on fixing it. We're trying to diagnose the problem. Um, so we'll try to fix that in the future. Um, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, audio audio quality notwithstanding. Um, hope you listen. Or I hope you put your thoughts on the content into your reviews if you do. Um, we really appreciate it. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. And follow each of us on Twitter. You can find me, Matt, at ObsessiveViewer. Tiny is at ObsessiveTiny. And Mike is at I am Mike White. Uh, you can also check out the blog at ObsessiveViewer.com where we have reviews, commentary, ever all kinds of stuff about movies and TV shows uh, that you'll be sure to waste a lot of time on reading. Um, also check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com, where we review books and provide commentary on the ever-evolving world of reading. And check out Tiny Side Project, thesecularperspective.com, which is a podcast devoted to the, the healthy discussion and debate about secularism and religious uh, religion in the world today and how they... I need to write that into the notes. <laughs> uh, religion and secularism and how they intertwine and interact in the world today. Uh, finally, if you have any thoughts on the podcast or suggestions for future topics, you can also email us at each individually at matt at obsessiveviewer.com, tiny at obsessiveviewer.com, and mike at obsessiveviewer.com. That about does it. Um, yeah, thanks again to Tongue Law for providing the awesome like, uh, the, the radio bit that we put at the beginning of this episode. Um, yeah, check them out at brocoolnation.com. It's televised on censor. Um, yeah, I guess that about does it. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, thanks guys. guys. Ah, good job. Okay. Mike, do you want to take DJ Qualls? Not really. Okay. Um, I don't know. Is that so much a guest spot? I mean, DJ Qualls isn't really anybody. I think. I mean, he's like a character actor. Well, I'm thinking more just the actual, the actual episode because he was really good in it with the whole cold open. Um, I can also say I don't remember it. Really? I don't this remember it either. Where Badger, Badger is sitting sitting on the park bench waiting to make a drop or something, or he's he's like in. DJ Qualls walks up and he's like, "Hey, you got you got some drugs or whatever I can buy." And then they have that back and forth, and DJ Qualls tricks him into into selling him drugs, and it turns out he's a cop. He oh, does the whole right. does the whole like, you know, uh, I'm not a cop, but if you were to ask me if I was a cop, then I have to tell you if I'm a cop. And it's just it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> Badger falls for it. Remember that? I one? just don't think that that's a guest spot. Well, he was he appeared later in the episode too. It wasn't just like a cameo in the cold open. I know, but I what I mean is like I I'm trying to evaluate what the guest is or what a cameo is. Like Brad Pitt was next next week on Friends, Brad Pitt, next week on Scrubs, Michael J. Fox, next well, week on How I Met Your Mother, James Vanderby, next yeah. week on Breaking Bad, DJ Qualls. Who? Well, you're splitting hairs between special guest star and just guest star. I mean, DJ Qualls was an unusual actor for that for that show, and they got him for it. But it's it wasn't like obviously it wasn't like a special guest star. Um, but I see what you're saying though, because he is kind of the odd man out of this whole thing. I do. I I think he's like 
a hired man. I think he's hired work. I think he's just. Yeah, but it was memorable. It's not. I mean, it's not like not special. for tiny and me. Hmm. Well, if you watch the scene, it's memorable. <laughs> I'm trying to look at like Seinfeld ones, but the thing about Seinfeld is like they were all just kind of just just guest work mm. for a day before they were famous people. Okay, well, you know what I mean, like uh, pff, Molly Shannon, Jennifer Coolidge. I, I mean, I could go down the list for Jeremy Piven, Kathy Griffin, French Stewart. Peter Krause, James, P- but like these are all people that nobody knew until after they appeared on Seinfeld. But I honestly don't think that we should differentiate between that, though. Um, I mean, if they became famous, sure, but I mean, if they have memorable guests, well, I don't know, because they're not guest stars, right? That's true. That's true. Right. Add Michael K. Williams was only three episodes. Okay, good. Yeah, if we didn't differentiate, we can talk about Terry Hatcher as much as we can talk about the guy who played the soup Nazi. Yeah. I mean, you know, Soup Nazi was great. <laughs> but again, not a star. Yeah, but I mean, but in the credits it says guest starring guy who played Soup Nazi. Does it? Does it? It would be. It wouldn't be. What would? What else would it be? He wouldn't be in the main cast. It's a guest starring role. He's a guest star. He's not. But they're not stars. But it's a right. guest star. <laughs> Do you? Uh, but but okay, we're talking about Brad Pitt and Michael K. Williams. Oh, I know, like, but I, I'm just saying. This guy who played, he's famous for one role, and it's the role we're going to talk about. Like I don't think, but that, it's a memorable guest guest star role. It's not guest. Ah, it's semantics. <laughs> Is there anyone else from Arrested Development we can throw in? Would oh, um, 